So it's quite hard to be a Catholic these days. I mean, has been for the last probably about 50 years, ever since Vatican II came in, but that's a deeper conversation. Recently, I think it was last Sunday, it was Catholic World Youth Day. It was a giant convention that they do every one to two years. They get a bunch of young people to come out to a given country. The Pope gives an address and they do faith-based events. Oh, yeah. Well, they're meant to be faith-based. Do they have a lot of rainbow flags? We'll get to that. I knew it. Yes. Well, did you know that during Pride Month, the Holy See in America flew a pride flag outside its headquarters? I didn't know that, but I could have guessed. A whole new kind of transcendence, I'm sure. So World Youth Day's theme this year, would you like to guess what it was? I mean, I, I don't know, but I'm going to suggest it's maybe something about trans. No, no. Oh. Uprising. Oh. Yes. Basically, okay. Marx is codified. Yeah. So, in so yeah, yeah. So, so the, the, the church is like, yeah, so revolution? Yes. Um, this shouldn't shock anyone because liberation theology literally came from the KGB. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, so in the last couple of years, on the 35th World Youth Day, so this was 2020 to 2021, their theme was similar. The, the quote they used was, young man, I say to you, arise from Luke. And then this year, on the 37th in Lisbon, in Portugal, they said, Mary arose and went with haste. You can see how they're really stretching the scripture here to try to make it sound yes, uh, in support of progressive ideals, which it, it definitely yeah. isn't. And apparently, Catholicism itself is very progressive, down to the root and branch. According well, I mean, to it a, probably was 2,000 years ago. Right. Mm, not not capital P progressive. Let's let's be fair. Also, that the Crusades not exactly well, no, no. bastions of progress, is it? Um, this well, is I didn't think about that, but um, compared to what came before them, uh, they the, a, a, a person will say that's moral progress. Sure, rescuing babies from from rubbish heaps, definitely. But it's it's not human beings stewarding society towards an inexorable utopia that they can manifest on Earth. No, of course not. Yes, because that's, that's Promethean arrogance. That's not Christianity. Yeah. And we'll, um, we'll get to how those are incompatible later. Sure. So this is according to Tony Annett. Now, Tony Annett is an author of Cathonomics, How Catholic Tradition Can Create a More Just Economy. And he said, if you want to convert to Catholicism, great, but you need to accept Catholic social teaching in its entirety. You can't bring your far-right ideology with you. That's where I get my far-right ideology. <laughs> Why else would I have signed I'm up? Okay, I'm not a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm both. Anyway, so the blurb on his book reads, just so you can get a, a standpoint of, of, of his approach to things, and then yeah. we can test as to whether or not the Catholic Church's social teaching at the moment is definitely far right or not. His blurb is, Cathonomics is an ethical and practical guide to readers of all faiths and backgrounds, just dilute the definition, but fine, seeking to create a world economy that is more prosperous, inclusive, and sustainable to all. What the hell does Catholicism have to do with the world economy? So, are you familiar with the Jesuits? Vaguely. Okay, so Pope Francis is a Jesuit. The Jesuits are basically the Masonic Lodge of the Catholic Church, <laughs> and their okay. mandate is the global abolition of poverty. So sure. You can see how the Marxists use that as a Trojan horse to get it. Yeah, but surely, surely that was um, to do with, say, charity and good works. Right? It used to be. Okay, yeah. But then, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Used, of course, it used. Then to be. something happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So if, if we go to if we go on to Annette's book, just again to to give a sense of where the Catholic Church's leadership is at, because he's got a photo of him with the Pope as his profile photo. He's he's not like an insignificant person. There was there was a great review of his book in in Crisis Magazine, and they said that 
And it tries to integrate social justice proposals, Green New Deal goals, and Keynesian economic theory into traditional Catholic models. It's not Catholic. His proposal targets the human person and thus is meant to apply to everyone indiscriminately. The field might be better expressed as personomics, humanomics, or even human personomics. He adds an ecological solidarity that extends across species, bound by the notion that all creatures have value and worth in their own right. So, oh, all creatures? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's like um, Peter Singer's humanism or speciesism yeah. where the lab rat has more value than the unborn baby. Yeah. Very Catholic, of course. Uh, the book has the appeal of the naturalistic rhetoric found in the United Nations documents or the Democratic Party platform. Indeed, the author presents the 17 liberal aims of the UN Sustainable Development Goals almost as a set of new commandments introducing a new economic paradigm with social inclusion and the protection of nature. He suggests a world authority to implement decisions that would require a reform of the United Nations oriented towards justice and universal fraternity instead of being co-opted by the powerful. That's amazing. All of that just translates in my brain to commie gobbledygook. One of the because that's exactly what it is. Look, we just need a, a world communist government yes. to put into process all of the uh, basic liberal propositions that have been uh, something that have been driving us since day zero. Yes. Like, I'm sorry, like, this is, ob- I mean, you know, I'm not a Catholic, but this is obviously not Catholicism. Yeah, it's the solvent acid of technology, capital P progress, and monetary material abundance that has dissoluted religious fervor, basically yeah. since the But it's, it's literally... We're going to hollow your religion out and wear as a skin suit. Now it's going to, you know, speak our talking points. Yes. So let's see what the Catholic Muppet has been saying recently. Yeah. Um, you could also apply that to the Pope at this point, well, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so is this Catholic social Is he still kissing Muslim feet? Mm, probably. Uh, so there was a, an LGBT Eucharist. Oh, was there? Yeah. Not, not great. It attracted some, some traditional that? protesters. Oh, as yeah. you'd expect. So Some the, actual Catholics were like, uh, this doesn't feel like Catholicism. Yeah, they got the police called on them. So the police were summoned to a church in Lisbon after a band of traditionalist Catholics picketed an LGBT mass celebrated to welcome homosexual and transgender pilgrims at World Youth Day in Portugal. Hmm. Um, God got it wrong is not really church doctrine, but all right. It is LGBT doctrine, though. Yes, parallel religions. Carrying crucifixes and rosaries, a dozen traditionalist Catholic youth entered the Church of Our Lady of the Incarnation in Americ's... Uh, this is going to be a very difficult Portuguese word to say. Sierra on Thursday around 3pm, chanting a prayer of reparation for the mortal sins that result from an LGBT ideology in the Catholic Church. In another incident... How are they wrong? World Youth Day participants confronted a pro-trans Catholic defiantly waving a transgender flag at the opening mass at Edward VII Park. On Friday, in the Arco Center, it will screen a documentary containing homosexual iconography of Jesus. Very traditionally Catholic. Average Christian. Well, it's not made by a Christian. Well, I can tell, actually. So the film's called Wonderfully Made. It features interviews with Father James Martin and an openly gay Father Brian Massingale. Right. Openly gay Catholic priest. Yeah, normally they're secretly gay. Many such cases, unfortunately. See The Closet of the Vatican, which is a book that admits as much, but openly gay. I mean, okay. Um, I'm not particularly prejudicial and hateful towards gay people, but the two aren't really, just as an, as an institutional classification, you aren't meant to be openly gay and Catholic. It's, but, but fine, whatever, I suppose, whole new frontiers. The film's director, Yuval David, a Jew married to his Catholic husband, hmm says he noticed the absence of LGBT portrayals of Jesus in Catholicism, a faith where icons play a significant part. I'm sure he did. Yes. Please 
So a, non, a non-Catholic that yes. said, you know what this Catholicism needs? My religion. Yeah, queer theory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much, but, but no thanks. Please go away. Quote, I myself am Jewish, but my husband is Catholic. Then why do we care what your opinion is? Also, your husband isn't Catholic if he stands by this, just, just, just by virtue of classification. And he expressed to me feelings of there not necessarily being a place for him in the same way as there was a place for straight people. Well, there is a place according to scripture, but I think it would be a hate crime to cite it. So, so moving swiftly on, um, the film emphasizes that homosexual clergy are not responsible for the sex abuse crisis engulfing the church. That's, well, uh, sorry to be a little bit politically incorrect, but, but the US bishop's report in 2017 did say that 81% of the victims were male and 90% were post-pubescent. So that's not quite true. But, but anyway, right. moving swiftly on, because that's a, that's a difficult conversation to have. And speaking of difficult conversations, mm. um, you, you had one with Philip Tanza recently yeah. that, that was very important, particularly because he drew out the reason for why um, LGBT actually belongs together. Yes, as a coalition, and why, unfortunately, there are some gay men who will use the movement as a Trojan horse to legitimize their desires, and why, because they were young gay men attracted to older gay men, they might try and rationalize that in their mind. Yeah. And so his articulation of the mindset was revelatory and very useful. Yeah, it's because he's been in both worlds. Yes. I, I would never have been able to come to the observations and make the observations that he's made uh, because I was never in that. And yes. it was, it was, well, I had no idea what I was getting into when I sat down for that. And he, he came up with some just very interesting points that I would never have thought of. Yeah, he's a very insightful gentleman. Yeah. Point being, though, that this is the place for that conversation, not Catholic yes. World Youth Day. That, that would yeah. be great. But anyway, never mind about addressing the real issues. Uh, the Pope, right before World Youth Day, said that priests must play soccer, not preach dogma. I mean, typical South American opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm the atheist here, but yes. I, I do think that priests, uh, the right place for a priest to be is probably in a church preaching Christian dogma. Yeah. It, it's almost like they go through seminary and become very biblically literate to be, expressly do that. Yeah, but that seems to be the point of a priest. Unless you're preaching a new religion. Yeah. Which is Marxist gender ideology, but there yeah. you go. He said... People with, quote, right-wing ideologies were the most dangerous faction in the church. Okay, hang on, right. So any time anyone says the words right-wing, they're left-wing. Yes. Right? That's what it is. Uh, because otherwise you wouldn't need to uh, politically frame what's being said. Because normally when someone says right-wing, what, what they're talking about is, you know, tradition, nation, family, uh, decency. Uh, all Hierarchy, things, almost like things that the Catholic Church should be interested in. Yes. But also just normal human things, right? Yes. Things that aren't really partisan, things that are just, in fact, not really political in any way, shape, or form. But as soon as uh, they are characterized as being political, then you realize you're dealing with someone who is basically a radical leftist. Yes. They're trying to do a top-down imposition on things that would otherwise be bottom-up, organic yeah. structures that would yeah. exist. The, yeah. the, the natural way human beings live. And unfortunately, that shouldn't shock any of us because the Pope is friends with Paolo Frieri's widow. So he is an express liberation. We'll have to do pedagogy of the oppressed. We will have to, yes. Uh, he said that a generation of priests should play soccer instead of going into communities to preach. <laughs> Says the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> I am continually disappointed. We oh, God. I, I, I can't wait to send this to the distributist. But also, he, he <laughs> sort your Pope out, mate. He showed up to this in a wheelchair. I don't think he's going to be doing any five-a-side kickabouts anytime soon. Sure, but how is it the Pope's position that the, the priests should stop preaching? Like, it's so obvious that there is a skin suit being worn here, right? 
That's the opposite of what any any religious sect or you know uh, um, organization would say about the people who are design- who are there to propagate the message. That's the total opposite. Mad. Yep. So we'll be setting up a jumper goalpost in the Vatican any day now. <laughs> yeah. We need normal seminarians with their problems who play soccer and who don't go into neighborhoods to dogmatize. Right now, groups linked in some way to right wing ideologies are perhaps the most mm. dangerous. Yeah. Describing himself as a stone in the shoe for people <laughs> who are opposed to his ecclesiastical and political vision. Hello. I'm a stone in the shoe for the Catholics, says the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> the, Pope, the Pope told Vida Nueva that he did not feel the time is right for a third Vatican Council, in part because Vatican II has still not been implemented. So what's Vatican II? So Vatican II was the stripping away of the Latin mass, the abluting of the language of anything sort of opaque and mystical, which kept Sorry, people- how can how can Catholicism strip away the Latin mass? It's essentially Protestantism for Catholics. Yes, because, well, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I'm no, no expert, but I thought that was like the heart of Catholicism. It coincided with Dr. Bella Dodd inducting a few thousand communists into, into uh, seminary and Man. making them Catholic priests. That, uh, like that'll said, do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll do it. I, I'm not a Catholic, but I want the Catholics to be Catholic. Yes. Right? In, in the same way that I'd want the Muslims to be Muslims, I want the Jews to be Jews. I don't want to see everything hollowed out and becoming a communist skin suit. You know, I actually, I, I do actually like the plurality of things that are around because it's interesting. You know, the, it's what makes life. You know, it's the spice of life, right? And it, it keeps things interesting. You, you get to learn about various other worldviews. Instead, now I get to learn about communism with a different coat of paint. Yeah, and and Christianity, specifically Catholicism, I would say, is probably the best bulwark against communism when properly practiced. Well, you would think, wouldn't you? But look at this. Yes, but unfortunately, <laughs> it seems that communism is just liberation theology. Many such cases. Honestly, though, I mean, in a way, you've got to kind of hand it to the uh, diabolical brilliance of communism that it can take literally the worst antagonist it could possibly have. And destroy it. Subvert it. Yeah, we've got a lot to learn from their praxis. Yeah, we Definitely. do. We've got a lot to undo as well. Yeah. There's also the new religion that's taken over the Catholic Church, is of course the climate catastrophe. Ah, yes. So well, this that's is... a part of the, the woke nonsense as well. <laughs> just wait for it. Oh, um, so God. so just to set the stage, this is this is a cardinal, and he said the economy and finance must also not be driven by a frantic pursuit of profit. And above all, a new way of thinking about human beings, life, society must be promoted. An integral ecology which requires willingness to contemplate the creator who lives among us and surrounds us and develop a serene harmony with creation. So from a conservative perspective, I can see that being... I totally agree with all that. Yeah, a completely acceptable statement. However... We know it is just manufacturing consent for what was said before, which is basically the UN to create a top-down world government for their 17 sustainable development goals. To abolish Western farmers. Yes. Yes, very much so. But have you considered, Carl, that that you as an atheist, um, you're you're in a privileged position where you can assess my religion from the outside, Hmm. and you could say that I'm not living up to my principles if I don't buy into the climate crisis? Because... Have you considered the fact that Jesus I'm in the same support, position as the Pope? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jesus would apparently have supported net zero. I don't think he would have had much to say about net zero. Well, I don't think they'd have the instruments to measure it at the time. No, but even if he did, he would have, surely this comes under the render unto Caesar aspect. Of it, it, it would do, yeah, because the idea is that, especially considering the, the, the biblical arc of history towards a judgment day, that you will never know the hour and time at which he will come. Mm. Um, Human beings have to be continent in their virtue until the point they're judged. So they, they can't steward history inexorably mm. towards its utopian end and create heaven on earth. And, and so I mean, it's think, literally the point, though. Like, yeah. the, the kingdom of heaven is literally beyond this world. Yes. 
But, but again, I'm not a Christian. I just you know have done some reading. But like, what does what do I know? Okay, well, what, what, what does the Church of England know? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to let the Anglicans off the hook either. No, don't. <laughs> don't worry, guys. Uh, the Church of England has an ESG thing on their website. Of course they do. So they've, they've signed up to environmental social governance scores. So they're as in bed with the UN and the WEF as anyone else. I love the way they're like, we need to get that BlackRock money. Yes. <laughs> just... well, well, no one else is turning up and giving Aren't they the collection. largest landowner in Britain? I don't know. One of the largest landowners that. in Britain. I thought I always think the Crown Estate would be as well. Well, yeah, okay. One, but you know, they're one up, of yes, and somehow they're like, yeah, we need the BlackRock money. Okay, fine. Yes, and and so I went on GB News to discuss this uh, because there was a, a particular point of where there's a cathedral. I, I think it was the one that Alfred the Great set up first. Really? Yes, they are creating Sunday parking zones to discourage people driving into the city. <laughs> okay. And they've hiked it up by 17 times. So basically pensioners now can't get to church for net zero goals. Right. And so I went on, I went on GB News to discuss this and I was pitted against a, an atheist called Michael Crick. And I, I would just like to test his argumentation against you, someone, someone who sure. is, is not particularly involved in the faith. Michael, is it not a problem that the Church of England is signed up to that? Does that not put it in conflict where it's focusing more on things like reaching net zero than on the traditional goals of a church and you know, promoting the gospel and defending the faith? Well, I think if Jesus Christ were alive today, he'd believe in net zero. No, he wouldn't. Yes, he would. <laughs> he, Jesus Christ lived a, a simple life where he spent very little uh, money. He had very few needs. He didn't, live in a, he didn't lead a life of greed. And really, it's the greed of... Uh, modern civilization, which the, the Christian church has utterly failed in its duty to argue against. It's the greed that has led to climate change and global warming and is heading us towards uh, catastrophe on this planet. And Jesus Christ, if he was alive today, he would believe in achieving net zero and he would believe in many of these social measures uh, adopted by the Church of England and which Connor so decried. Aren't you an atheist? You just I made, am an atheist. You've just made yes. a profession of faith on live television there. No, I haven't. What you've done I've is said, you've... I've said, I've said you have. that Jesus, I'm not, just, just because I'm an atheist, that means I don't believe he was the son of God, I don't believe in God. Yeah, so, so, but, so, I, but I believe so, he had a lot of wait, sensible things Connor, to why, say. Why do you think You ain't when... going to go to heaven if you carry on like this. <laughs> you, because, because the, you don't well, believe in heaven though. No, I don't. But I'm just, <laughs> if, if, if I'm confronted by a gentleman who argues on that basis, I have to... Respond on the basis of his principles. You won't go to heaven. You won't be able to hang around for the utopia you believe in, and I don't. I don't believe because uh, before long, the, the world is going to destroy why, itself why, at this why, rate. So I, I love being told that the, the, the principles of my of my faith <laughs> by, no, by it, an atheist. Okay, so in a way, he's right. If if you want to persuade someone, you have to persuade them along the lines of their own principles. Of course, yes. So he he's not wrong on that. Um, it did sound like a confession of faith, yes. though. It, it did make him. I mean, it's so weird that he's like, "Oh no, Jesus would totally be on my side." So why do you, why do you see Jesus as an authority on anything? Yeah, uh, he's, yeah. He's just a man. If you believe, he's, if you believe he's right, well before you were, why would why would you be an atheist then? Yeah, exactly. Clearly, he's got some sort of yeah. divine inspiration. Oh no, he's not, he's not. No, no, he's not the son of God, according to that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that that was um, entertaining, but it just strikes me as a person who. Like the whole the whole thing with the climate activism, um, to me, feels like um, a bunch of people who are actually kind of powerless, desperately trying to author agency over something that is outside of their control. Yes. I don't think they control the weather, <laughs> believe it or not. You know, And I think that this is a desperate sort of cope, uh, a, a way of making themselves feel, no, look, if I can just oppress you, though, if I can just control you, 
then I can feel like the world isn't going to blow up because obviously doomsday cults are as old as time. Uh, and I think that even the atheists need to find their own. Yes. And, and so there's, there's, there's two points I want to pull out from that clip just to finish on. Mm. First of all, the idea that, that Christ lived a life of modesty against wealth. Yeah, because net zero is not going to cost much. I mean, that would, that, that's, just, that's, just a, that's just a simple even, failure to consider things. Even then, isn't that him just being like, look, you're all going to become incredibly poor because of the yeah. net zero thing. Wealth, no, you're not going to have that anymore. Yes. You know, think of Jesus, Christians, if you, you know, can I appeal to your principles yes. as I steal all this stuff from you? Yeah. It's like, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> and also, the other thing is, what Christianity does is it puts you in, in proximate distance to a higher ideal that you can never usurp. So it, it engenders humility in the earthly subjects because you know there's always something beyond yourself that you can never overcome. Yeah. But net zero, the, the, the trans issue as well, it has a Promethean element where we are the masters of our environment and ourselves, and so we can remake our image and creation in, what Emma, in whatever fashion we see fit. And so you're right, it's, it's not just an existential cope, it's an ambition from all the way back to Genesis of where eat of this forbidden knowledge and ye shall be as gods, mm. to remake everything according to fit our desires, desires which will endlessly propagate in proportion to the amount of material goods we have. Mm. And all of that is also the Pope's opinion. So yeah, I just thought I'd end on that depressing note, basically, of, of, of the Pope agrees with the devil. Fun. It feels rather Sisyphean as well. Every day we're pushing this rock up the bloody hill. If you appreciated that segment from the podcast of the Lotus Eaters, you can go to lotuseaters.com to get access to all the premium content that's on the site, such as the Brokenomics series, this episode on how to free your mind. If you'd like to find out what else is being put out, you can follow on Getter at lotuseaters.com on Getter. Thank you and goodbye.